You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. What is happening, you guys? I'm Packy, and this is episode 102 of the Spectators Podcast. I'm back from a long vacation, super relaxing. I was gone uh, Friday to Friday, but then I came back to town and had a big golf event that I put together with Dags. Uh, 72 holes with a bunch of the boys, Ryder Cup style type deal. So I was away from the real world for a while, as you guys could probably tell from my social media and if you listen to the last pod that I put out. But I'm recharged. I had a great time. We didn't miss a beat with the pod. The NFL is back, which means fantasy football is back. The, N- the NBA playoffs are obviously still going on. Um, and the real world continues to feel like it's in flames. But before we get into everything, I want to talk about Green Mitten. Green Mitten is a green-inspired lifestyle brand dedicated to cannabis and culture since 2012, based in Grand Rapids. They've been featured in High Times Magazine for the last five years. A lot of you guys know the Green Mitten brothers already, Danny and Jared, if you've been following me. I've been on tour with them, really good friends of mine. They have a great clothing line. Uh, They somewhat recently, I keep saying recently, but I've been doing this ad now for about a month, um, released a new line. It includes hats, masks, windbreakers, crewnecks, everything you need for the fall. Um, I've got the new stuff. Um, You guys can go check it out on their website, www.green-mitten.com. That's green-mitten.com. And go ahead and use the promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. Um, They have glass. They have CBD. Uh, they've got a storefront in Grand Rapids, Michigan, if you're ever there. Um, otherwise, that's green-mitten.com. Promo code is PACKY10 for 10% off your order. Subscribe to the Spectators Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thank you to all the loyal listeners, and let's pod. You are now tuned in. To the Spectators Podcast. So the NFL is back. It feels really good to have football back. I went one and one in my fantasy leagues. I hope, um, wow. Sorry, sorry about that. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that last podcast last week. I got some good feedback on that. I guess we got a lot of fantasy football players out there. So I appreciate that. I'm, I'm sick about the James Conner injury. He was a guy I really bought in on this year. He just can't seem to stay healthy. But obviously, here in mid-Michigan, there's only one storyline here from week one. And you can copy and paste it from every other year. Different year, same old sorry-ass Lions. I'm heated, man. As a Lions fan, it's like, do you get mad or are you just like, This is what it is. I'm so used to it. I go back and forth between the two, depending on the game, depending on the year. This one, I'm mad about. I'm mad about this one. It's a brand new year. It's the first game. I've talked myself into the fact that, you know, I'm not going to be superstitious. I don't believe the Lions are just cursed. We're just going to suck for all time. Um, You know, you, you play roulette at the casino and, you got the same percentage chance to get red or black. And it, and it hits red five straight times. You know, you can, you can start to get superstitious. Um, sometimes that happens. But it doesn't change the fact that there's equal odds to hit black on the next spin. So 
we could have a good year. We have a good quarterback. We've got some pieces. We can compete. A lot of tough losses last year. So, game one, we're playing the Bears. We're winning by a lot. Stafford looks good. Bears can't punch it in the end zone. We're up 23-6 to going into the fourth quarter. With five and a half minutes left in the game, ESPN had us at 98% win probability. Do they not know who we are? I will take those odds. In typical Lions fashion, we find yet another way to blow a game in the fourth. Patricia has coached 33 games for the Lions. He's blown fourth quarter leads in 11 of those 33 games. 11. Four minutes left, we're up 10. Four minutes left, we're up 10 with the ball. We try a 55-yard field goal, I believe it was. And I, I love Prater. He's been a godsend for us. Um, you're up 10 with four minutes left against Mitch Trubisky's Bears. The object is to win the game. To me, you punt the ball, you pin him back, you make him drive all the way down the field, even if they do. It's going to take them a little time if they got to go the whole length of the field. You recover an onside kick and the game is over. And that's if they do go all the way down the field and score. So naturally, Prater bangs it off the upright. Obviously, I'm not mad at him. It's a 55-yard field goal. We give them the ball at almost midfield. Still, if it's not the Lions, you, you love that team's chances to win the game. It took the Bears all of one minute to drive down the field and score on us. Nice defense. Matt Patricia, you defensive genius. Thank God you're our, our head ball coach. You could have let them score, just just make it take it about take about three minutes and we'd be good. But no. A one minute drive and the Lions are up three with just under three minutes. Fine. We should still be heavy heavy favorites to pull this out. Third and six, Stafford picked off. Why am I surprised? If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. SOL. 30 seconds later, 30-yard touchdown to Anthony Miller. Bears lead by four. What the actual fuck? So the Lions blew it per usual. Oh, silver lining. We've got Matt Stafford, solid quarterback. He's led us on some comebacks over the years. There's almost two minutes left. One advantage to our defense just shitting the bed. There's almost two minutes left. We need a touchdown. Please, God, bail us out. We drive down the field. Stafford hits a big play to Amendola to get us down to the Bears' 15-yard line. We clock it with like 10 seconds left. Great effort. But damn, man, trying to score a 15-yard touchdown with no timeouts, and you get, you get two shots at it with 10 seconds left. Not great odds. So we probably did blow it. But Stafford, great effort at the end. 10 seconds left. Stafford drops back, throws it to the rookie running back who didn't drop a pass his whole previous year in college, DeAndre Swift, wide open in the end zone. Stafford hits him in the hands. Touched it. He drops it. Game over. You cannot make this up as Lions fans. If somebody wrote this script before the game started, you would laugh and say, uh, don't be such a woe-is-me Lions fan. It's a new season. Come on. Like, 
that stuff doesn't happen as often as you guys make it seem. But no, it's reality. This is what we get to watch year in and year out. I think the last thing Glow said to me before bed last night was, you guys are masochists with the Lions. Understatement. I'm so sick of them. Patricia is trash. In pro sports in general, I think coaches are a bit overrated, but they can maybe make a difference on some time management or small decisions down the stretch uh, that could gain a point or two, um, could, could win a game. Otherwise, it's, it's on the players. Well, what do you say about a coach that's had 33 games as a head coach and blew fourth quarter leads in 11 of them? It says if there's 50-50 decisions, 40-60 decisions, he's always making the wrong ones. It says he doesn't know how to win. It says he's trash. I swear we make the worst head coaching hires, and then if we ever even make a mediocre hire who has a taste of success, like maybe Caldwell, we fire him anyway because he didn't get us what? To the Super Bowl? We're in the toilet bowl every year. Who does our ownership think we are? I'm just so sick of it. But I'll be tuned in next week rooting for a win. Like the sick fuck that I am with all Lions fans. I just We just deserve better, man. I used to think my dad was just crazy, like, oh, it's just always, always the line. Always, I was like, come on, don't, don't be, you know, it'll turn around. You know, we got Stafford, you know, every so often you make a coaching change, get a decent draft pick, like, it'll turn around. Nope, same old shit. <sighs> Other stories from NFL Sunday. We had both the National Anthem and the Black National Anthem played before games this week. I got to be honest with you guys. Those that listen regularly know that I'm generally pretty reasonable when it comes to all this stuff going on. I really try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt on their beliefs. I try to put the shoe on the other foot in, in a lot of these scenarios, even if my gut reaction is like, come on, man. Because I understand that we all come from very different experiences and, and we have different worldviews as a result. That being said, I also try to look at things logically and objectively. And I'm getting really sick of the blend of politics and sports now. I've tried to embrace it and be like, everyone's allowed to express themselves how they feel. I'm just pretty over it because it never ends, you know? It's another thing and another thing and another thing. We're playing two national anthems before games now in one country. That's not supposed to be racially divisive. So the actual national anthem by default now is what? The white national anthem? Otherwise, why do we need a black national anthem? I thought the national anthem was for Americans. I also thought that Kaepernick kneeling and all the players that followed suit were not disrespecting the flag, but rather using it as a time to protest something important to them. That was why I had their backs to an extent through it all. I respected that Kaepernick talked to 
a member of the military when he got a bit of backlash about that and got the idea to kneel rather than to sit because I thought the idea was to not disrespect the flag or the anthem. Now we have the Baltimore Ravens kneeling for the national anthem and standing for the black national anthem. What is the reasoning behind that? Everything that's supposed to be anti-racist and end racism now to me seems to only be about perpetuating it. It seems to only create a bigger divide. Apparently two high school football players in Ohio were suspended for carrying and waving a pro-police and pro-firefighter flag out onto the field before their game. Apparently they were told not to do it, they did it anyway, and they got suspended. I don't have a problem with them getting suspended. I also don't have a problem with firefighters or policemen. Sometimes there's just rules, you guys. If you're a kid, your parents have rules. If you're a student, your teachers, your administrators have rules. If you're an employee, your boss has rules. You're a citizen, your country has rules and laws. Most of these are necessary. They were put in place at some point for some reason. You can't wave those flags before the football game because then the next person gets to wave their flag and the next person and the next, and maybe 90% of them are totally fine. Like to me, police and firefighter flags, in my opinion. But maybe the other 10% are questionable, debatable, not unanimously acceptable. So what's the solution? Okay, nobody can wave a flag. Can't wave your favorite flag before a football game. Just go play football. If you want to be a flag waver, go do that. I'm sure there's a place for you. We have to make rules like this because each side only thinks they're right. Unfortunately, in the United States now more than ever, we're this two-party system. We have the political right and the political left. And wherever you're at, your side is okay. Cap can't kneel, but we can wave our police flag. You can't wave your flag, but we can play the black national anthem. Just play football. I'm sorry. And I'm not the shut up and dribble guy. But shit, man. There's a time and a place for things if we all want to live in a decent society and get along. Because there's so many issues in our country and all over the world. Unfortunately, there will probably always be issues because we're humans, we're imperfect. But when did we all decide that we have to choose an issue and take it with us everywhere? Like, aren't the people who always talk politics and religion and things of that nature usually not that fun to be around in general? Like, I get into politics and religion, fine. Um, I'm talking about it right now. But when I want to hear about it, I turn on the news or a political podcast. When I go play golf with my friends, I don't want to hear everybody's opinion on the latest hot topics in politics. I want to play golf. That's not a crime. There's nothing wrong with that. If if Glow decides to go into her, her place of work tomorrow and... Every day for the next month, she, or year, she spends her lunch break standing at her desk with a sign that says, save puppies, Ad adopt a dog today. 
Is she a bad person? Is she wrong? No. Should she do that? Should her employer allow her to do that? No. Can she do something about that cause in her own time? Of course. I think new media, social media, and, and, and mainstream media that's trying to fit in now, they've made us all feel so self-important. We get congratulated with comments, likes, retweets, articles written about us that I think we've stopped just making the world a, a better place in our immediate surroundings. We live this global life that's not real. The guy that never got social media but spent his life, you know, earning a living, teaching his kids, being good to those around him, to me has made such a better impact on the world than the guy that waved a flag at a football game. But he never went viral. It's not as gratifying. You don't get the attention and the pats on the back. So instead, we all chase that attention, that affirmation, and I think we're making a mistake because I think that stuff is so superficial and fleeting. It, it's here today and gone tomorrow. Just the, the politics and sports thing. I, I used to just be like, yeah, I don't, I don't like it, but to each their own. You know, It's not the end of the world. People going out there and expressing their, their views. I might not like the way they do it. I might not like the views they have, but whatever, to each their own. I'm coming around to the side of just get it out of the air. And be about that on both sides. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't say the kids waving the police flags are, are heroes and Cap is a bastard or vice versa. I'm just, I'm sick of being virtue signaled to and lectured to. I just want to watch you play your sport that you get paid to play. Just like when I go to the bank, I just want you to cash my check. I don't want to hear your political opinions first. I think that's fair. 20% of NBA players are registered to vote. But I'm watching them walk around in their masks and shirts and being bombarded with vote, vote, vote. 20% of you are even registered. Start with yourselves. Lead by example. That goes for me. That goes for everybody. It's okay to have separate spaces for things. I think we've, we've turned the ship around too far to be like more than an athlete, more than whatever. For sure. We all can dabble. You guys know if you listen to the podcast, I'm all about that. If you do one thing, you don't have to stay to that one thing in that one box. But we've, we've turned it so far that we like don't think it's okay at all to have separate spaces for things. And I think it's time we separate sports and politics on the playing field. Um, not really along those lines, but kind of uh, veering in another direction there. There was something that happened while I was on vacation that I'll admit, I'll qualify this with the fact that I haven't sat down to really, really research this, which I typically would when I'm, I'm talking about this stuff, but sometimes you just use your brain and, and something doesn't seem right. So I'll own up if I turn out to be proven wrong somehow with this, but I just thought this was laughable. Um, Governor Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan is requiring non-professional athletes to wear masks during competition when they can't maintain six feet of social distancing. Now, aside from the obvious jokes that wide receivers are going to make on DBs about how they won't have to wear masks, I don't like this. For one, some of you guys go crazy with the mask thing. 
I'm totally fine wearing a mask in my day to day, going into the grocery store, restaurant, any business establishment, whatever. It's fine with me. Even if it's only helping 10%, it's no skin off my back. But some of you guys really think these cloth masks that we're wearing out here are real life invisibility cloaks. Like if you've got, if you're an O lineman doing battle in the trenches with a D lineman who has COVID, but obviously doesn't know it because he's out in the game. And you're out there for whatever, an hour on and off, two hours on and off. You think that little mask is going to be your saving grace. You, you really think you're, you're never washed, that you touch all the time, little raggedy-ass cloth is, is bulletproof. I heard one doctor describe it, as far as COVID goes, as putting up a chain-link fence to keep mosquitoes out. So, like I said, in general, if it helps at all, even if it's a tiny bit, in my personal life, I'm okay doing it in, in those scenarios I described. That's fine. And... Obviously, with all of this COVID stuff, you get doctors and medical people on every side of this argument. But if I had to go play a football or basketball game with a mask on, it just does not seem logical to me at all. It seems like more harm than good. This summer, when they were giving us all the mask rules, the, the World Health Organization said People should not wear masks when exercising as masks may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. You don't say. And that's just exercising. I see people on Twitter and stuff like, I run a mile every day in my mask and I'm fine. Running a mile is not playing in a football or basketball game. You doof. Not to mention, even if you're fine, why the hell are you doing that? The WHO goes on, sweat can make the mask become wet more quickly, which makes it difficult to breathe and promotes the growth of microorganisms. But I keep hearing that if I have a problem with this decision, that I'm dumb and I'm anti-science and, and the governor's pro-science. Is the World Health Organization anti-science? We can disagree, but don't tell me I'm anti-science when I say it's counterproductive to your health to wear a mask while you compete in sports. I would hate to be a parent with my kid in high school sports right now because everybody is so worked up one way or another. There's so much stupid stuff going around. It just seems like a powder keg. And God forbid you speak out against it. Um, I wanted to finish, I know this has been a little bit of a political um, podcast, and I'll finish on that topic. There's just some things going on that I, this last week that have been bugging me and things kind of hitting a boiling point with me. Over the weekend, uh, two cops were shot point blank range in the face. A man just rolled up on him sitting in their police cruiser and, and fired right at him. Um, obviously, that's horrifying. But here's what we need to do on, on both sides of all this big picture. On one side, stop looking at every black person that gets shot by police as a martyr. There are such things as justified shootings. Let's wait till we get the facts and decide based on the evidence. And you can't just trust Twitter media headlines either because... They have their narratives they want for clicks. For example, another one that recently happened, 
Here's the headline. Protests break out after police fatally shoot a 27-year-old man in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Zero mention of the fact that this man charged out of the house, crazed with a knife in the air, and has a history of stabbing people. I think four people he stabbed. So let's not do the white cop kills black person type of headline and reaction and put them all under the same umbrella. Because then the protests don't have any effect. Let's think critically. And the same goes for the other side. There have always been and will always be criminals. Let's not look at this guy who shot the two cops in the police cruiser and pretend that anybody who's protesting police brutality right now um, is just okay with this. And let's not try to paint a picture that this is happening to cops all over the country rather than it being a few bad apples, right? I know that phrase gets used on the other side, but can't we do that on both sides? Now, the thing that gets me the most, not the actual, not that the actual um, shootings aren't awful, it's just that, unfortunately, we'll never get rid of all the terrible people in the world. That's part of the reason we have police generally to put pieces of shit in our society behind bars, um, because we know they'll always exist in some capacity or another, and we, as citizens, need protection from them. So, since I take X amount of that as a given... Put that aside. What really bothers me with this is that when these officers were shot point blank in the face for apparently no reason, protesters showed up to the hospital these officers were taken to, chanting death to the police, attempting to block the entrances and exits to the hospital, and later trying to get into the actual hospital room where the officers were. This is insanity. There's no justifying this type of behavior. At a certain point, some of you with brain cells left have to understand the climate you're creating with some of these riots and anti-police sentiments. And that's not everybody. That's some people. Like I said, I'm not blaming any of that for the shooting like some people might. There's always going to be nut jobs out there. On all sides. But who are these protesters and people blocking the hospital entrances? What is going on in their heads where two officers, apparently a 31-year-old mom and a rookie cop that was in his 20s, are sitting in their car and get shot right through the window, and your response is to go to the hospital where they were, where they're trying to save their lives and chant death to the police? Go to hell, straight up. I've had my own issues with, with cops, but police, for the most part, are trying to do their job. They're in situations they would rather not be in. We can watch the George Floyd situation, and I mean, like, I don't know if most of you have seen the whole situation, not just the part where the cop was kneeling on his neck. We can watch that and say, George Floyd should still be alive today. What happened was a crime. That cop needs to go to jail. We can say all that while also understanding that these are cops called to a situation where a man who has at the very least been dangerous in the past is apparently super drugged out on fentanyl and cat, cops have been called to calm the situation. And again, 
If you haven't watched the full video, do it for some context. We also have the James Blake situation, a criminal. A woman calls the cops on him. He has sexually assaulted her. In this scenario, he, he has taken her keys. Cops have been called by her to come calm the situation. James Blake ends up shot and paralyzed. You can have a very solid opinion that that didn't have to happen and a cop needs to be held responsible. What you can't have is the LeBron James and many members of the media's narrative opinion of, based on these situations, of black men are being hunted in America by cops. No, none of, neither of those cops, none of those cops wanted to be in these situations. There's no evidence that points to them thinking, let me go find a black man to shoot today. If you watch these incidents with any type of objectivity, you can't come away with that opinion. You come away with the opinion that these are high-stress, high-stakes situations gone wrong. And that doesn't mean you have to come away with the opinion that nothing wrong was done by the cops. That's the middle ground that I think we all need to come to and stop all the division and extreme stances and start to come together over some of these issues. But as a society and, and a culture right now, we're honoring the name of James Blake. WNBA players spell out his name. Drew Brees had his name on his helmet. NBA players boycotted all playoff games for a day. Okay, to each their own. But let's acknowledge the climate we're creating with, with these choices. James Blake committed sexual assault. A black woman called the cops to protect her from him. The situation went left and ended terribly, but it wasn't some lynching. And it feels weird for a bunch of WNBA players to be honoring him, an alleged rapist. Whenever a black person now in 2020 is killed by the cops, it's automatically racist, protest, fuck the cops. And, and if there's an, what is the other side? The other side seems to be slow down. We need the cops. We don't want to abolish the police. Bad cops do exist. Racism exists. Let's wait for evidence in this case before we deem this occurrence a racist bad cop. I don't see people celebrating the death of James Blake. Have you guys? I don't see that. Or George Floyd. At most, I, I, I've, I've seen people say they're justified, especially with James Blake. I, didn't, I barely saw anybody saying the George Floyd situation was justified. I don't see or hear videos of people smiling, laughing while, while watching these things. But then you have two cops getting killed where the circumstances seem pretty cut and dry. Nobody's trying to come save, calm down a situation. Nobody was called on to protect an innocent person. Just a piece of shit walking up and shooting two humans, point blank, and there's people videoing, laughing, smiling, celebrating, and there's people in the streets supporting it, saying death to cops. The best synopsis of, of this point I'm trying to get across is that so often things come down to these narratives. When James Blake is shot by police, the police are trying to protect a black woman from him. She called the police. Joe Biden says, it pierces the soul of our nation. When two cops are shot point blank for no reason, he says, violence of any kind is wrong. 
one of those is worse than the other, in my opinion, and it's the cops getting shot. And that doesn't mean that the James Blake shooting was justified. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But when you've already assaulted somebody, you steal their keys, they call the cops on you, you don't comply with the cops, you fight them off, you go reach into your car, and you end up getting shot, I don't feel as bad for you as two cops sitting in their car that get shot in the head. I just don't. And I'm sick of people trying to tell me that I'm supposed to. I know that's kind of a heavy topic to end the podcast with, but damn, man, I've, I've purposely not talked about this stuff a whole ton because it is a heavy topic, but it's also an important topic in our country right now. Obviously, it's a huge debate topic for everybody, and I just see so many illogical viewpoints out there, and I start to question myself because people will really try to make you feel like you're crazy. Narratives not supported by facts, clickbait headlines that people just eat up and don't look into. It makes me sick. I just challenge us all, myself more than anybody, obviously, to just be better to those around us, your friends, your family, make your surroundings better. If everybody does that, the rest will take care of itself. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify so you get the pod in your library right away. Thank you guys for listening. Holler at me at Packy Raps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts, and I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand